This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, I'm Naomi Shaven. Welcome to Axios Recap, where we cover one big story. Today's Monday, December 13th, and we're focused on Facebook's very, very bad year. This week and next, I'll be hosting conversations with my colleagues from around the Axios newsroom about the biggest stories and their beats over this last year and what they're watching heading into 2022. Today, I'm speaking with Sarah Fisher, who writes the Axios Media Trends newsletter. She watches news organizations, entertainment companies, and the social media landscape. This year, one of the biggest stories that she covered was about how technology is impacting our society, and it played out at the intersection of news media and one social media company in particular, Facebook. Beginning in September with a series of reports from the Wall Street Journal, there were dozens and dozens of stories that came out from a number of media outlets, all examining thousands of pages of internal Facebook documents, now known as the Facebook Papers. This huge document dump showed that the company was conducting its own research into how its platforms could be misused. So that includes fostering misinformation and harassment, but also how things like the Instagram algorithm could exacerbate mental health crises like eating disorders. And they showed that even as Facebook was researching all of these things, arguably the company wasn't doing that much to address these issues. In a moment, I'll be joined by Sarah Fisher to discuss how this news cycle played out, how it impacted Facebook, And what comes next for the media giant, which, notably, rebranded in the midst of the fallout. We're joined now by Sarah Fisher, my colleague and author of Axios Media Trends. Hey, Sarah. Hi, Naomi. Let's start with a quick overview. The tech giant took a massive hit, at least in the PR sense, this year when thousands of leaked company documents revealed internal concerns and warnings about how the company's decisions were affecting society and politics. Whistleblower Francis Haugen came forward. There were increased calls for stricter regulation on the company in Congress. It's overall just been a year of scrutiny from both media and government. And in the middle of this, coming out of it, Mark Zuckerberg, the CEO, actually announces this ambition to make Facebook potentially even more integral to all of our lives with this concept of the metaverse, which would allow us to sort of blend digital and real life in a virtual reality environment. I can't help but feel like the best way to summarize this is that Facebook is failing upwards. It's trying to gain even more responsibility, even while it fails to meet public expectations. And I'm curious, do you think this has been the year of Facebook failing upwards? I think it's a great way of putting it. I mean, one thing I'll note, though, Naomi, their stock is certainly not failing upwards. You know, they're down at a multi-month low right now. And that was because regulators in the UK announced in early December that Facebook would have to divest one of its big acquisitions, which was of Giphy. And so in a sense, I think you look at what they're introducing with the metaverse and you think, wow, what an ambitious thing to roll out when they're facing so much regulatory scrutiny, so much public advocacy scrutiny. But I think that the business model is taking a hit. 
You know, if the stock is not where it was just a few months ago, they're facing increased pressure from some of their peers. You know, they might say that they're going to be the metaverse company and they want to build it. But look at all the other companies that are getting involved, Microsoft and the gamers and NVIDIA and Snapchat. And so I think that Wall Street is a little bit skeptical of some of these grand ambitions. I think they still are going to continue to have a regulatory target. I think where they have a little bit of luck on their side is that they're still the most effective marketing platform on the planet, no doubt. They are going to continue to be one of the strongest advertising businesses in the world. And digital advertising, mobile advertising is going to continue to grow. But in terms of what's next for Facebook, it might seem like they're failing up because they're introducing all this new stuff. But I'm not sure people are so convinced that they're going to be able to execute. The way you're describing it, it almost sounds like Facebook has just become too big to fail. No, no. I mean, we've broken up companies in the past, and I think that regulators are preparing some pretty serious lawsuits against the company. You know, the FTC is sort of taking the charge for Facebook there. And I think if they can't pursue further acquisitions down the line because of the FTC lawsuit or because of other regulatory scrutiny, that's going to really impact them and slow them down. So I don't think they're too big to fail. I think the challenge is that we're in a waiting period right now. Until we see how lawmakers in the U.S., which is their most dominant market, are going to respond to their dominance, we can't really say anything or do anything right now. But when that time comes, it could be a massive reckoning for Facebook. And I don't think it means that they're too big to fail. I think that they have a few years to get their act together before we figure out how the FTC and some of those states attorneys general are going to respond to them. I'm curious, especially in the last six months when so much reporting has come out about what's happening internally at Facebook. You've been covering Facebook for years. What surprised you the most? This is a company that cares a lot about their image and PR and communications. And that's where they make the most mistakes, in my opinion. One of the most egregious ones have been around some of the whistleblower files. They will come out and say things that the files directly dispute. I think they were caught very flat-footed by the whistleblower actions. And I think some of their responses have felt a little bit tone deaf at times, you know, especially when it comes to things around harm and safety, safety with kids. You know, they did one smart thing, which was to come out and say, look, we're not going to build Instagram kids right now. We're going to put that on pause. I think a lot of parents were relieved to hear that. Consumer advocates were relieved to hear that. But for the rest of it, they've been pretty defensive about issues that people want to know that they're taking really seriously, you know, mental health and well-being and privacy. And so, The thing that shocked me is that for a company that's so invested in its image and communications, that seems to be where they consistently get caught off guard. Although it's interesting, it doesn't really seem like the bad PR stuck with the company or that it really stuck with the public in a meaningful way. I'm curious in your reporting, what are you hearing about how the company internally is making decisions after this really tough year? You make a great point about it not sticking with the company in some regards. Advertisers have not called for a boycott of Facebook. I'm shocked by that because in 2020, in response to some of the racial reckonings happening around the U.S., advertisers boycotted Facebook. Big brands boycotted Facebook for a month, saying that they weren't doing enough to combat things like hate speech and harassment and misinformation. But in response to some of these whistleblower files, it's just been crickets from them. What I'm hearing from inside Facebook is that employee morale is low. I think employees are starting to wonder whether or not it tarnishes them to be working for a company whose values are constantly being questioned, especially because we're in this remote digital landscape. There's so much opportunity for engineers, especially, that you have to be a really 
smart, differentiated company to be able to lure and attract the best talent. So I think that's one of the issues that you're hearing a lot from Facebook. I think the other issue is that in building something like the metaverse, which is what their plans are for the long-term future, you're going to have to become more of a hardware company. And Facebook has not traditionally had a lot of success in building hardware. You probably don't even remember this, but they tried to build a phone a few years ago, and that went terribly. You know, their Porter product is actually pretty good. It's gotten good reviews, but it's not so widely adopted. It's still pretty pricey. And so there's some skepticism I hear within the company, not that the ambitions are bad, but that they're going to be really hard to execute on. This is a software advertising-based company that's not only going to have to build a lot of software in the metaverse, but potentially figure out how that interacts with hardware and build out some of that hardware as well. To a point that you made earlier, they're not going to be the only ones trying to build out a metaverse platform. They're going to face probably a lot of competition in 2022 on this and beyond. You cover social media. You cover entertainment. Do you think that Facebook is well-positioned heading into 2022 to act on some of its ambitions? This is the trillion-dollar question, Naomi. They say that they're going to commit to taking care of these issues, to addressing them, to paying more attention to them with Web 3.0 and the metaverse than they did with Web 2.0. But the challenge becomes... These are problems that never end. There's no easy solve. And Facebook has shown in the past that while it's willing to put out a lot of resources, critics argue it's not putting out enough still. You know, they say now they have 40,000 people that work on safety and security issues. And that's a huge step up from where they were. You know, a few years ago, it was just 10,000. But I think a lot of these problems are going to require more human oversight than they could have ever imagined. And how much of their profits are they willing to sacrifice in order to solve and address these issues? I'm not quite sure. And that's going to be the big question for the next few years as they're building the metaverse is, are they going to be willing to slow down and build it more thoughtfully with more buy-in from third parties about safety and moderation? They say they are, but they're a publicly traded company. They have investors to answer to. And so time will tell. I'm a little bit skeptical, but I do think that they will do a better job than they have in the past. Last quick question for you, Sarah. If we do this interview a year from now, are we going to be calling this company Meta? Yeah, so it was supposed to start trading on the stock market in early December as Meta, but that got pushed back until next year. The way I've been going about it is I say Facebook parent company Meta, but I do think we're going to eventually just start to call the company Meta more regularly. It just takes a few of us reporters some time getting used to because we've been covering it as Facebook for so long. It sounds like that's one safe prediction for 2022. Sarah Fisher, author of Axios Media Trends, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Naomi. Welcome back. Before we go, one note about the show. At the end of this month, Axios Recap will be ending. But we've got you covered. Our morning daily news show, Axios Today, is the best place to get caught up on the day's biggest stories and to hear great interviews with our reporters and editors, like the one you just heard with Sarah. Tomorrow morning, we'll share an episode of Axios Today in this feed. We hope you'll love making Nyla and Axios Today a part of your morning. And I just want to say, thank you all for listening over the last few years. I've been on the show for two years, and I've gotten to know many of our listeners. We appreciate that you made us a part of your day and followed us on this journey. It's been a great run. And we're excited to bring you the news you need to know and new stories in new ways in 2022. That's all from me. I'll be back tomorrow with another Axios recap.